0: This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 961, an excerpt from the book titled Digital Body Language, How to Build Trust and Connection No Matter the Distance, by Erica Dewan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ORD. I am your host, Greg Audino, ready to bring more great relationship content to you today. I'll tell you what, we've got another new author to feature today the third this week, and the second consecutively. And there's more to come, too. It's a real pleasure, uh, all of the fine writers that are willing to partner with us right now. Today, we're looking at a book excerpt from the highly creative, highly opportunistic, and idea-ridden Erica Dewan. She's got some great commentary about how we can smooth over the lapses we often feel in digital communication. It's a great, great post, and I'm excited to get into it. So I'll talk more about Erica's substantial credentials afterwards but right now let's jump into this excerpt and start optimizing your life. An excerpt from the book titled, Digital Body Language, How to Build Trust and Connection No Matter the Distance by Erica Dewan. About two years ago, I started hearing one story after the next, all centering on the same theme, miscommunication in the workplace. I'd been giving keynote speeches and consulting clients around the world, teaching people about how to collaborate better at work. I had a meeting with a client, a senior leader at Johnson & Johnson, who I'll call Kelsey, who had gotten some tough feedback from her team on morale issues. In Kelsey's performance review, her boss commented that her empathy was weak. When Kelsey and I first met and began talking, I kept my eye out for the standard universal markers of subpar empathy. An inability to understand the needs of others, a lack of proficiency in reading and using body language, poor listening skills, a failure to ask deep questions. I was confused. Kelsey seemed to have fantastic empathy skills. She made me feel at ease. Her body language signaled respect and understanding, and she listened deeply and carefully. What was going on? The answer had less to do with Kelsey and more to do with today's tech-reliant workplace. Instead of lacking empathy, Kelsey, like nearly everyone I counseled, didn't know what empathy meant anymore. In a world where digital communication had made once clear signals, cues, and norms almost unintelligible, a tone of voice, approachable body language, those things don't cut it anymore. The digital world required a new kind of body language. The problem was that no one could agree on what even made up that kind of body language. For example, Kelsey believed she was doing everyone a favor by keeping her emails brief, but her team found them cold and ambiguous. Kelsey sent calendar invites at the last minute with no explanations, which made her teammates feel disrespected as though Kelsey's schedule mattered more than theirs. During strategy presentations, Kelsey would glance down repeatedly at her phone, making others feel like she had checked out. Kelsey's digital body language, then, was abysmal. It canceled out the very real clarity that comes when workplace colleagues—okay, humans in general—feel connected to one another via physical body language. I realized that our understanding of body language needed to be redefined for the contemporary workplace. Today, we're all immigrants, learning a new culture and language, except this time it's in the digital space. Being a good leader today means not only being aware of other people's signals and cues, but also mastering a new digital body language that didn't exist 20 years ago, and which most people today speak as badly as I spoke Hindi as a kid. It was the world's dirty little secret. Some of the time, most of the time, people couldn't make heads or tails of the tone behind messages they were getting in emails, text messages, conference calls, and so on nor were they entirely aware of how their own messages were being received. More than just a glitch or a nuisance, technology is such a pain. Our shiny new communication tools were causing serious issues. Work and decision-making had slowed. Teams were in disarray. Employees were left unmotivated, distrustful, uncertain, and paranoid. It seemed that digital body language, or rather the lack of a set of universally agreed-upon rules, was creating big problems across the globe, in workplaces, communities, and even families. Everyone knew about these problems, but no one talked about them, except anecdotally. There was no rule book either. We'd all grown up knowing how to read and write, some of us better than others, says the girl who remembers the day in school when reading aloud from George Orwell's Animal Farm. She pronounced the word peculiar as peck you liar, which her classmates never let her forget. But, There was no instruction manual about how to read signals and cues in a digitized world. Instead, people at work were squandering hours or even days in uncertainty, anxiety, and disquiet. I was hardly a Jedi master at all this either. I'd wasted entire mornings endlessly rereading a single email trying to figure out what an ellipsis or the single word query thoughts meant. I'd heard about friendships imploding over a WhatsApp conversation. What about the like on Facebook or Instagram from a colleague who hadn't returned your two recent phone calls? Did it signal, I'm sorry? Was it a prelude to calling you back? A way of testing the friendship waters? Or was it a signal that from now on, you and that person would now be communicating exclusively via social media? What did it all mean? Something? Nothing? What about the executive who signs off every email with, thank you? Doesn't that show clarity? On the face of it, sure. So why does it come across to his colleagues as insincere and inauthentic? I genuinely believe most people have good intentions. They just may not know how to convey those intentions. How can we reestablish genuine trust and connection no matter the distance? By creating a nuts and bolts rulebook for clear communications in the modern digital world. Communicating what we really mean today requires that we understand today's signals and cues at a granular level while developing a heightened sensitivity to words, nuance, subtext, humor, and punctuation, things we mostly think of as the field of operations for professional writers. But if you think writing clearly is a niche or inessential skill, think again. When we asked what the best investment professionals could make in their careers was, Julie Sweet, global CEO of Accenture, answered, Develop excellent communication skills. Sweet added that any employee, even a junior level one, could significantly heighten their value by articulately summarizing a meeting, putting together a presentation, and sending emails that are really salient and to the point. Much has been said about developing top of the line presentation and public speaking skills, but Julie Sweet has seen the future, one in which a supposedly soft skill, communicating well, especially in your writing, is a critical competitive advantage. What does good digital body language look like in action? It means never assuming that our own digital habits, like answering every email we get within 30 seconds or never listening to our voicemails, are shared by everybody else. It means taking a few extra seconds to ask ourselves whether our sentences, words, or even punctuation might be misinterpreted. It means being hyper-conscious of the signals and cues we send out, constantly checking in with ourselves, and learning along the way. You just listened to an excerpt from the book titled, Digital Body Language, How to Build Trust and Connection No Matter the Distance. By Erica Dewan. Very, very good points illustrated by Erica today as she discusses a topic that is becoming increasingly crucial to examine. So, a little bit more about her. In addition to digital body language, she is the co author of the best selling book, Get Big Things Done, The Power of Connectional Intelligence, rated number one on What Corporate America is Reading, and host of the Masters of Leadership podcast on iTunes. An in-demand speaker, she has spoken worldwide to organizations and enterprises that range from the World Economic Forum at Davos to U.S. and global Fortune 500 companies like Fidelity Investments and PepsiCo. Her writings have appeared in dozens of publications, including Fast Company, Forbes, and Harvard Business Review. She was listed on the Thinker's 50 list for the emerging management thinkers around the world, most likely to shape the future of business, management, and strategy. She has an MPA from Harvard Kennedy School, MBA from MIT Sloan, and a bachelor's from the Wharton School. (laughs) Ever heard of them? I really enjoyed this piece from Erica today. She is so right about how digital communication has become a separate language in itself that we are all learning and all interpreting differently. I think there's a lot of space to become more mindful about how we communicate and how to improve our digital communication. But obsessing over punctuation and emojis sounds a little draining to you, don't forget that there's always the option of being upfront about the general confusion we're all facing. So, while changing periods to exclamation marks can lighten the mood, so too can a follow-up sentence at the end of an email, for example, that simply states, Hey, please let me know if there's anything from this message that you'd like me to clarify, or if there's anything I can do to help you out. I'm more than happy to discuss this further if need be. Such an ending can really neutralize the content of the message and reassure the receiver that your intentions are good, even if you've yet to master digital communication as they see it. Nice to be on podcasts, isn't it? I can just speak around my anxiety about setting all of you or throw in little laughs from time to time. (laughs) It's like that one. There you go. Time to get out of here for today, everyone. Hey, thanks a lot for joining me in this really interesting and enjoyable post from Erica. Be sure to check out her book. You can find it in the link in this episode's description. And also be sure to come on back tomorrow for another post from one of my favorites, Dr. Margaret Rutherford. That's where your optimal life awaits.